Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Profit Productivity Podcast. It's your host, Michael Tipper. Who else would it be? Now, today's episode is called Bunching Up, Hares and Tortoises, and Other Loosely Related Metaphors. Now, having the time to reflect on your challenges and consider your options is an important thing to include in your way of working. And that's why I like Saturday so much. The usual hustle and bustle of the business week has subsided and I have the time, space and mental energy to think. Well, today I've done just that and I've got clear on what at least one of my issues is. (laughs) I've got plenty of them. Uh, And I've formulated a strategy and I've put together a plan. So it's been quite a productive day. And that's what today's episode is all about. So the first bit I want to talk about is how motorway traffic jams and my productivity are loosely related. Now, when I used to drive thousands of miles every year, traveling from one speaking event to another. I found, my spell, uh, I found myself my spell, I found myself spending a lot of time on motorways. Now, I personally think our road infrastructure is pretty good. And on the whole, you can get from A to B quite easily. Now, of course, there are peak times when traffic is at its worst. But generally, if you time your journey right, you can get to where you want to uh, pretty comfortably. Now, there were occasions, even at the quietest of times, when I found myself stuck in a log jam of traffic. All three lanes of the motorway full of stationary traffic, many with their engines switched off because we've been there for so long. Now, the most um, frustrating part of being sat in situations like that is seeing the traffic on the other side of the motorway flowing freely with the drivers with a smug look on their faces as they notice us sat there doing nothing there on their journey. Of course, when I'm on that side of the of the motorway, I've got a smug expression on my face as well, thinking I'm glad I'm not in that lot. Now, sometimes the cause of the delay for the traffic I'm sat in is because of an accident. A lorry's jackknifed and blocked the carriageway, or a towing trailer's become unhooked and crashed across all three lanes, or sadly there's been a pile-up with multiple collisions. However, there are times when there is absolutely no obvious reason for the delay. After sitting in stationary traffic for 20, 30, 40 minutes, the cars ahead suddenly start to pull away and then pretty quickly I'm back in free-flowing traffic again with absolutely no evidence of any RTA causing the delay. Now, this always used to be a mystery to me until I saw a documentary years ago about the variable speed limits they were then introducing on the then-new M25 orbital that goes around London. Now, it seems the reason for the random traffic jams with no accident is due to cars bunching up. So let me explain. So the car ahead of me puts their brakes on for whatever reason. I see them and react. Now, I'm in the outside lane. I'm in the fast lane. I might be doing 75, maybe 80 miles an hour, Um, certainly 70 miles an hour. Now, I see them and react. Now, I don't react instantaneously because there's a tiny delay because of the time taken for me to notice and then my own speed of reaction to do the braking. Now, if I'm traveling at quite a high speed and maybe closer to the car in front than I should be, then I'm likely to overreact with my braking. Now, there's likely to be a car behind me who sees the idiot in front of them suddenly put their brakes on and they too react. But of course, there'll be another tiny delay. Now, if there are too many cars traveling too fast and too close to each other, the random braking of the car at the front will trigger a succession of the cars following to brake as well, causing them to slow down until eventually at some point, a car way back in the line will be forced to stop. If that car stops, then the car behind them has to stop too, and so on. Now, if this happens across all three lanes, you very quickly get a section of the motorway where the traffic is stationary. 
Now, the cars at the front of the bunch will quickly be able to pull away. But at the back of the bunch, cars will still be slowing down and stopping because of the volume of the traffic. Now, when the rate of the cars arriving at the back of the bunch is greater than the rate of cars leaving the front of the bunch, you get a long-term traffic logjam. All because someone was going too fast, too close, and had to brake suddenly. Now, what this documentary showed was the impact of introducing variable speed limits to solve this problem. The problem of the bunching up is primarily caused by cars travelling too close and too fast. Now, the only thing the highways agency can control in these situations is the speed limit of the traffic. So what they showed was by slowing the cars down, by lowering the speed limit that the cars can travel at, even if they were close to each other, when a car did brake, there was more time for the car behind to react and slow down without stopping. So by introducing the variable speed limits, the highways agency keep the traffic moving. When there is a lot of traffic, they reduce the speed from 70 miles an hour, if that's the, the limit for that particular section of motorway, to one that will keep the traffic flowing. Sometimes it's 50, 60, sometimes 50, sometimes even 40. Now, more recent advances has seen spaced chevrons painted in each of the lanes to show the minimum distance to keep between you and the car in front. And that also contributes to keeping the traffic playing because there the variable they're changing isn't the speed of the cars, but the distance between the cars. So what's the relevance to this and productivity? Well, it might not be relevant to everyone, but it's, I think it's really relevant to me. Now, as I reflect on how I've been applying myself um, to my various activities, I liken it uh, to speeding along and then bunching up, speeding along and then bunching up again. Um, it's the way I've sort of made sense of what's been going on with me. Now, I've got so many things on my plate at the moment. I'm speeding along trying to do all of them. But then what happens is something crops up that needs my full attention, such as preparation and delivery of a new masterclass. And then my activity bunches up on that whilst everything else grounds to a halt. Then once that's over with, I ramp up the activity on everything else again until the next bunch up occurs. So it's like the race between the tortoise and the hare, or the contrast between feast and famine, or cars bunching up on the motorway. Whichever metaphor I decide to use, the fact remains. How I'm working right now is neither productive or healthy, and something has to change. And I like to think in analogies and metaphors because sometimes it helps me understand what is actually going on. And I found it really useful to ponder on this bunching analogy with the traffic and see how it relates. Because in thinking about the solution to that analogy, to that metaphor, actually helped me identify what I need to do in my own life uh, to map over the metaphor of the solution onto my life as well. So where am I going to go with this now? Well, Given this traffic jam analogy and my recent dis-ease with how things are moving forward, um, I'm taking charge of this. So here's what I've done today. So back to the traffic analogy. A healthy traffic flow is a steady traffic flow and a safe speed so bunching up doesn't occur. So I've asked myself, how can I... Um, so over the last few days, I've asked myself, how can I address this uh, in the using the traffic analogy, what is it? What what can I fix? Um, how can I create a healthy traffic flow? Why um, steady traffic at a safe speed? Well, the secret is consistent flow of effort over a sustained period of time. It's the accumulation of tiny 
but important daily victories over the long term that's the secret to my success. It's the secret to anyone's success, really. Now, at the moment, I'm lurching from one urgent demand on my time to another. This means I'm more reactive and less proactive. I'm responding to external stimulus rather than being driven by my own inner guidance mechanism. There's busyness, but very little business. What hit home to me this week was how long it's been since I've actually presented. Um, It's been a number of weeks since I last presented to a live audience. Now, I'm developing a speaking business, yet I seem to be doing everything under the sun to build it, except the actual speaking. Now, I do have events planned with at least three in the next 10 days, but I'm not developing my craft often enough to grow and develop as a speaker with the aspirations I have and the quality and the standards that I've got for me performing as a speaker, especially in the new medium which I now operate in. When I faced up to that truth, I realised how absurd the situation was. Now, to be fair, I am quite an accomplished speaker with over 1,500 live deliveries under my belt. And so I could deliver a stunning session in 30 minutes. Okay, that's my assessment. Uh, The only reason I couldn't do it in less time than that is because that's how long it would take me to set up my studio and my live stream capability from scratch. So today I've gone back to basics. And this morning, as it's Saturday, I've reflected on the challenges of recent weeks and realised I've got to simplify my activity around my business model. And I'm thinking, well, what is my business model? Well, it didn't take too long, but here's what it is. And on the um, blog post associated with this episode, you'll see there's the picture that I'm about to describe. So fundamentally, um, I've got to deliver. So that's the end result. That's my product. Now, I've got to sell that and I've got to market that. So those are the two other activities. But also with delivery, I've got to research. I've got to develop uh, my ideas and I've got to implement them and use them in my own business because actually my delivery isn't a sharing of theory and ideas and stuff I've read about. It's what I've actually used and what works for me. And so I need to do that. And then in that implementation development process, there's a reflection on, well, did that work or didn't it? And this podcast is actually part of that reflection process because I'm sharing with you what is working, what isn't. And quite clearly, my business activities over the last few weeks, months even, haven't been at the standard that I want them because I, I'm having this conversation with you right now. So this podcast reflects, is me reflecting back, and it's really good help, uh, really great help for me to do that. So um, ultimately, my product is live delivery. I've got to market and sell it, and I've got to keep up to date and develop new material. That's it. The secret now is to have my daily, weekly, and monthly activities reflect this business model. So I've been planning for free-flowing traffic. And today I've been working out when I'm going to be working on the activity to support each of the blocks of my business model. Now, there's a story I've referred to a number of times in this podcast about a professor educating her students on time management. She takes a jar and puts three big rocks into it, leaving no room for any more rocks. Now, a casual observer might think the jar is now full. But the professor then adds a load of smaller rocks that fit in the gaps between the big rocks until there's no more room for even the smaller rocks. Again, the casual observer might think the jar is full until the professor then adds smaller pebbles that fit in the gaps between the smaller rocks. This cycle is repeated with sand and then finally water until the jar is actually full. And I love that story because it's a great reminder that we can always fit stuff in if we start by putting the big stuff in first. And that's what I've done today. Now, I created my jar in a spreadsheet. Uh, For every day of the week, I had an hour-long chunks of time from 5 a.m., through to 7pm. Then based on my business model and knowing what I know about my current schedule and commitments, I then added in my big rocks, 
then my small rocks and the pebbles and the sand and finally the water. And in the blog post for this, you'll see a screenshot of what that actually looks like. Now, this was fairly easy to uh, do. So I put the seven o'clock deadline in because, as I mentioned yesterday, I think having enough energy to fulfill on my goals and aspirations is key. And at the moment, I'm working far too hard. So I've set a hard end time of 7 p.m. every day. Now, the morning is very easy to fill in the first few hours because I have a morning routine that I've been using for some time now that you're probably tired of me talking about if you've been listening to this podcast for any great length of time. So that was easy. So then I started filling out, okay, what else do I need? Do I know I've got to put in? Well, this podcast, I have endeavoured to try and do this around about 6 p.m. every day. I started doing it. I succeeded. I failed miserably. I think a couple of episodes recently I've been doing at sort of 10 past 11 uh, before just before going to bed. I've got to stop doing that. So I put the six till seven slot is doing this podcast. So what next? Right. So the big blocks, okay, the big rocks. So there's the market and selling. I put a chunk of that across the middle of the day. There's the delivery. I put a chunk of that toward in the afternoon because then I can practice that. My research and development goes in the morning because that. Um, is when my mind's at its freshest, when I can read and take in and absorb information, I can think much effect, much more effectively then. I've got a section for my, an hour for doing my outsource management, for managing my team who are doing work for me, when I, when I deal with them, when I give them the tasks for feedback on their tasks. I've got slots identified for when I do my interview podcast, which is another podcast I'm develop, developing. I've got time set aside for content creation, a big chunk of time because that takes quite a significant amount of effort to create content. I've got a section for a weekly review when I reflect on what I've done, tidy up a few things and then plan for the next week. And I've got a whole load of these markers in for the periods of time. I've also got significant chunks of spare blocks on a Friday, a little bit on a Thursday and certainly on a Saturday afternoon. And that allows me then to flex with the increasing demands. Because I think one of the problems many people fall into is to schedule every minute of their day. And with the best will in the world, it's never going to happen like that unless you have complete control over what you do and no one ever is going to contact you and you're not going to interface with any other human beings at all. And you're living on an island where there's no one else for another thousand miles and you've got no internet connection. That might work. The reality of it is, though, is that things come in unexpectedly. Emails come in, things change. And I think to plan and not allow for those changes is, is ludicrous, really. And it's something that I've recommended for many years now when I'm running my productivity masterclasses. And I'm now seeing what it looks like on a plan for me. And it's interesting how I've been recommending some of these things for a long time. And I've sort of been doing them. But I think only sort of doing them is not enough to become truly productive. And as I look at this now, I'm thinking, now, this is a workable plan. Now, of course, these are just placeholders for activities I intend to do in that time. Things might change. Things might come in I may have to react to. And what I've now got to do is work out, okay, so in my R&D slots, what am I going to research and what am I going to develop? And I'm going to create a framework for that. And out of all of this, eventually I'll start creating systems and processes so that I'll be able to do these without thinking. And all I'll be doing with in these time is just processing 
the activity. So the marketing and selling could be connecting with people on LinkedIn, sending messages, responding to, to messages, uh, setting up telephone calls, having the, the sales calls, um, creating um, new marketing collateral. The delivering section could be, if I haven't got a live delivery that I'm doing for a client, it could be about practicing and rehearsing some new content that I have researched and developed and implemented and reflected and actually made work and then developing the resources to be able to deliver that whenever I need to. The content creation could be about me writing LinkedIn posts. It could be about me writing a LinkedIn article. It could be me writing the, uh, the script for a new video I'm going to be creating. So I will create process for all those so that I know exactly what I need to do in each one of those. Now, this is a system. My, my friend Gavin Ingham, who's a great sales uh, uh, and motivational speaker, talks about, and I think I mentioned this before, talks about when you have a system, you follow the system. If you don't have a system, you're likely to allow your emotions to decide what you do. And you'll usually pick the things that are easiest or you'll pick the things that are the most fun. But unfortunately, the easy and the fun things aren't necessarily the things that we need to do to become productive and effective. And what this does is this forces me into the activities necessary to support my business model. Now, of course, I'm making the assumption that business model is the right one, and I think it, it's pretty close because it's sort of what I've been doing anyway, but in a haphazard sort of way. Now I've got a framework and structure to support and implement that business model. So I've put my rocks in. I've put my smaller rocks in and my pebbles are in. And this now reflects my business model. All I've got to do now is just be disciplined enough to keep that allocation and do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. And I'm looking forward to that challenge because that's the next step of my evolution. So that's today's episode. Do come over to profitproductivity.com where you'll see the images that I've talked about of my business model and of the framework that I've created. And there's also all the other episodes, again, with resources that will allow you to understand your productivity and how you can get more juice out of your day. So that is today's episode. Until tomorrow.